0: D20 Radio,
1: your game roll. www.d20radio.com
0: <coughs> Roll for initiative.
2: Welcome back, folks. Issue number 40, the Roll for Initiative podcast. I'm one of your hosts, DM Vince, along with DM Jason. Hi. DM Nick.
0: Howdy, howdy, howdy.
2: And we're back. We're 40 issues old. I can finally say that now.
0: The big 4-0. Yeah. We're over the hill now. Oh, man. Get my walker out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what news do we have this week?
0: What news? Hmm. Jason I don't know.
1: It's we're going. We're getting ready for Christmas. You know, everybody's yeah. busy with their shopping and, uh, you know, out there looking for cool books to send us and and gifts to give us and that kind of stuff. Right?
0: Isn't that what's happening? As far as yeah, I know. I bought a couple things off eBay. I can't wait for Santa Org to show up myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's looking forward to the to the Christmas show that we're gonna do next week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been a good week.
2: Ho, 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 yeah. Do so we have any new articles up on the site?
1: Oh, boy, you would ask me that right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't I
2: always you? ask you that, second thing on the uh,
1: Yeah, but I never look ahead of time. <laughs> uh, wow, actually, no, no. It looks like the Sandbox Adventures, that was our last show. Uh, yeah, we got to get some more articles up there. So, you know, if anybody else listening wants to uh, become a writer on the website, let us know because... There's plenty of room. We don't we don't run out of paper. It's on a website. So
2: We don't need no stinking papers.
1: That's right. right.
0: We're an equal opportunity
2: employer. <laughs> Boy. Yes, unless your grammar really sucks, then Jason hits delete on your article.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, uh don't forget our contest for December that's been going on. Our DN oh, yeah. Challenge.
1: Yeah, so uh let's let's actually recap that really quickly we've been getting some good uh submissions for it but we'll just do it tell you one more time we're doing the dm challenge so uh we want you to call into the voicemail line with your answer to how you would referee the situation situation is this your players have arrived at a steep canyon between two cliffs with a worn out old rope bridge between the two sides They begin to cross the bridge, but as they do, an evil thief that's been trailing them comes out of the shadows and begins to cut away the rope on one side. So how do you referee the situation? We want to know things like how would you handle the time that it takes to cut the rope, uh, figuring out the time to cross the bridge, uh, missile weapons if the players are trying to shoot the thief, for example, um, and uh, calculating damage if they fail to save themselves in time. Um, And any other kind of things you can think of that might come up, let us know. Um, We're looking for the most creative answer that's also practical, that you could actually handle in a game situation that doesn't take too long to referee, and that actually is grounded in the rules of first edition AD&D.
2: Yep, and the three character classes, I noticed people asked about that, was a paladin, a ranger, and I think we said a cleric, right?
1: I don't think we said, so did we just sort of put those in later?
2: Yeah, we, we put them in at the very end.
1: Okay, Paladin, Ranger, and a Cleric.
2: Do it up, send it in. We've had about five voicemails, which I have to get up to the site so you guys can hear it. I just had to get I had got a new computer, so I've been busy with that. And, ah. uh, actually, one person needs to call again because the voicemail was like, like that. So if that was you and you're from area code 201, call again.
0: Maybe they were calling from a drive-thru. You know, got all broken up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Art,
0: ice, and a a drink.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and on that note, we'll head into Sage Advice.
1: Sage Advice. Here we go with Sage Advice. We have uh, the first thing coming in from... DM Baron Zemo. Nick, you want yeah. to take this one? Sure. From DM Baron
0: Zemo. Somebody like, somebody's a Marvel comic books reader, obviously. <laughs> yes. And uh, thanks, DM Baron Zemo. We have here is he asked, was just looking at the smoke para elemental in the Monster Manual 2, and he noticed that there was no armor class listed for that particular monster. Any clue why there is no AC? I, <sighs> I'm i pretty sure I know why it, it was a typo. What do you think? It was, there was a typo in the printing. Mm-hmm. I forgot to put that in there. And looking through the uh, listings of all the other para-elementals in the Monster Manual 2 on pages 98 and 99, each of them have the same armor class, the ice, the magma, and the ooze. Mm -hmm. They all have the same armor class as 3. So I think it's like 99.9% safe to assume that the Smoke Elemental's AC should be 3.
1: You're probably right, but this one, I was digging all over trying to find an answer to it that would be definitive. I I I, could could have sworn somewhere there was an errata that was printed.
0: Yeah, I couldn't find it either. I almost... I thought it might have been in Dragon magazine somewhere, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find it in any of the listings online. But
1: yeah, I, I, I dug through Dragon's foot to see if anybody had any ideas. Yeah. You're probably right about the three, but it got me thinking, and probably I shouldn't have spent as much time thinking about it as I did because now it's driving me nuts. It got me <laughs> thinking about all forms of creatures that are um, non corporeal. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a smoke para elemental or an air elemental or um you know what a vampire when they're in their uh ethereal state how do you do exactly how do you do damage to one of these guys with a metal sword
0: well i would assume it i would usually play that has to be a magical weapon and somehow the magic imbued in the weapon hurts them you know Right. That's how I the only thing is, it doesn't say like that.
1: that. I mean, it does. It does right. not say. And I look back at the air elemental, uh, the smoke method. Although the smoke method, I mean, could maybe be. So I mean, he's not actually made of smoke, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't have anything in there about that. And now it's starting to really bug me. So for now, I, since the rules don't say anything, I would just keep playing it as is if you hit him with a sword it doesn't have to be magical but i'd really like to hear some of our listeners opinions on it because it's sort sort of doing my head in yeah
0: uh, but i just i just kind of went with my gut even though i couldn't find anything i'm like i think that's a typo they just forget oh, sure that line in the description. And AC is three, like the other three that are listed under that.
1: Particular yeah, I, I might call them a little bit more like an AC one or two because like an air elemental is an AC two. And it should it, it mm-hmm. seems to me they should be harder to hit because they're not yeah. they don't really have a bodily form. But three is fine.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. I think we got that one. So okay. and I guess uh, uh, we got another one from
1: for Jason here. Oh yeah, so uh, here we go. Power Word Kill, I like the name. (laughs) I like that too. (laughs) Writes in and asks, Hey guys, love the show, it's great. Was just re-listening to a couple of shows, and I revisited the questions Lass and DM Iron Fist had about monks and their dodge ability versus missile weapons. Not to harp on already hashed out topics, and I understand the fact that their dodge block capacity capability only works on missile weapons, but... My question is: How do they react to splash damage? For example, that fireball they dodge hits a wall and blows up, or if someone uses, say, a flash of acid or burning oil as a missile, do they dodge the splash damage as well? Hmm. Um, I got some thoughts, but what do you what do you guys think, hmm.
2: Vince? You got anything on this? I don't think you should be able to dodge or block splash damage.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that.
2: I don't think. Yeah, yeah. how is that possible?
1: Well, I mean, I guess they're thinking that the monk is moving in super fast speed, uh, you know, it's some sort of matrix kind of action. But, you know, it, it, the, the whole thing with the missile weapons is spelled out You know, pretty specifically because there are myths and legends about martial artists being able to grab an arrow out of the air while it's in flight. But there's no such myths about being able to avoid you know, a splash of hot lava or something.
0: Right. Uh, I'd like to see, a like, a bunch of ninjas try to
1: dodge a grenade. I just don't see that happening, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, th- I think the best... Now, Now the idea of a fireball hitting a wall and blowing up as splash damage is kind of interesting because I've never bothered to, to think about the flak or the shrapnel or whatever that comes out of it, but, you know, that's the kind of interesting thing to add in for potential damage around there, and you could definitely hit a monk with that so sure go for it if, if that's the way you play a fireball okay so uh no they don't the, the answer is no they do not <laughs> dodge splash damage so I, there you I go. Sound,
0: yeah i'm good with that too and it just sounds a
1: little too <laughs> i mean come too on. much too magic it's 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 too superpowery.
0: yeah i agree
1: all right, is, is, is that all the uh, sage advice we've got this week? No uh, voicemails?
0: No, nothing. We're in a slow week this week. Okay. Yeah, it's getting around the holidays. It kind of slows down.
2: So why don't we head into Table Manners?
1: Typical of all the evil creatures
0: in the world. I like to find one with Table Manners. What Are you kidding me? i spent years cultivating the worst Table Manners on the planet. Table Manners. All right. Uh, this week in Table Manners, uh, we're going to talk about a character class out of the Unearthed Arcana. We're going to talk about the Cavalier. Uh, how to play the Cavalier is how to roll one up. Um, are they really like lawful stupid? <laughs> are they needed? Or are they just like a paladin, a paladin pseudo kind of thing going on there? So let's let's open this thing up. I mean. I look through the, through the Paladin, I mean, through the Cavalier class, and all in all, I, don't, I really don't have much of a problem with it. The only thing I, I didn't agree about, uh, maybe now in retrospect, is having the Cavalier as a separate character class and putting the Paladin as a subclass under the Cavalier. I, I don't know about that.
1: But, I don't think I could be more 180 degrees away from you on this one. I hate the Cavalier. Really? I really don't think it belongs in the game. Not as a PC. Right. Uh, you know, when I went back and looked at it again, there's so many things about the Cavalier that just break from the mechanics of first edition, that breaks from the, you know, It's way overpowered, for one thing. The Cavalier is way overpowered, in my opinion. Um, And there's a lot of stuff that's... Well, let me just kind of go back to the Cavalier for a second. First of all, they're meant to be basically a horseman. So right off the bat, all the things that a Cavalier is supposed to do doesn't fit too well into a dungeon-delving environment. If you've got a campaign that's set in a more traditional... Um, you know, world of, or not traditional, but a more sort of uh, heroic world of knights and chivalry, then that's mm-hmm. another story. But most of the stuff, it's all about them being, uh, you know, these, these, these horse-riding knights. And uh, they get all these bonuses um, along their different weapons. They can actually increase their dexterity and their constitution. And uh, I think, is, is it more than that, or is it just, yeah. Well, no, they... They can increase their strength, dexterity, and their constitution. Yeah, that they, they get, the get to the point like where kind of... they're having three attacks. I mean, they're they're way overpowered. Hmm. Um, you know, and 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 a lot of the stuff in here, they're they're not supposed to be historically accurate. I get that. I mean, if I was I was comparing the Dragon Magazine version. Uh, to the one that ended up in Unearth Arcana. And in Dragon Magazine, Gary Gygax came right out and said, look, this isn't supposed to be historically accurate, so right. don't take a lot of issue with that. So that's fine. But still, there's some things in there that are just off. Um, the, the first thing is, I think, as an NPC, they're fine. But there's so much that's about that's about the Cavalier that really dictates the way they have to behave that it takes a lot away from the player's chance to roll them to role play them the way they want to.
0: Why? You know, they... I don't see that any different than a paladin. I mean, there's uh, serious restrictions on playing. A oh paladin. yeah.
1: Oh no, no. So, I, yeah. I, I I have some problems with the paladin to an extent as well, but. The uh, the cavalier it has things in there like you know any time there's a battle the cavalier cannot be stopped they're just going to go doesn't matter what the army does they're going to charge ahead no matter you know unit cohesion forget about it um, and, and and there's the, all the stuff about their um, their feudal code about noble mm-hmm. service cheerfully rendered scorn for those who are lowly and ignoble honor mm-hmm. above. And, and, and when you start getting through it, like, they won't wear leather armor because that's only poor people wear leather They really sound like jerks. Well, I mean, they sound like the frat boys of D&D.
0: They, well, were, they were jerks. I, I hate to say this, but in, in certain respects that you've mentioned, that is somewhat historically accurate of a knight. Well, that's not, true. They did not want to wear armor that was lower to their station.
1: No, no, that, that's that's true. I just don't think I don't like these guys as PCs. As NPCs, they could make really good opponents and bad guys. But mm-hmm. watching somebody I, roll play one of these would just not be fun for me.
0: I, I I don't see personally. I don't see that much of a difference between a cavalier as far as power and a ranger or a paladin. I mean, it, no,
2: they're they're way overpowered. I mean. Okay, so they have a horse to do a lot of damage. They do three times damage on lance with lance attacks. But you know what? When I was back when I was playing, and I used this book. I played a cavalier. Ninety percent of the time, we were never on horseback. Right. So how much is that going to get into play? Right. But like Jason said, you can increase this and that. But I think it does balance somewhat with the uh, negative levels that you get. Well, that's
1: even... only if you start out as you're not high high class. Right. And right. I so, don't think I've ever.
0: Known anyone who played a Cavalier who did start at those lower three levels below? I one. did. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Joe made me start at that lowest level possible. Oh! The Joe, the DM, the legend.
2: Yeah, he's like, you have to start at the lowest level possible. That class is a bit powerful, so.
1: Wow. Okay, so that's good. I mean, that balances out a bit, but, I mean, other things in here kind of really bugged me, like the fact that there's certain weapons they can't use because they're not honorable, you know, because they're... they're... So I get the idea that a cavalier is not going to use uh, missile weapons because they're standing back and avoiding damage, but then it Puts in here and it says, other things that we- weapons that deal out damage at a distance, including pole arms, missile weapons, and the two handed sword, call into question the cavalier's personal bravery and are avoided by all except the most powerful of cavaliers.
0: Well, that if, I do disagree with too. If I mean, you're sitting on
1: your horse yeah. with a lance, that's kind of a that's that's dealing out exactly. damage from a distance. Exactly.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, and knowing I, I hate the mix mix the historical knight into this, but you know, that's what they're kind of based off of. Mm-hmm. I mean, late in the medieval period, I mean, knights were known to use certain types of pole arms on foot if they had to. And well, they were yeah. also known to, you know, I don't know if in tournaments or anything like that, but part of the courtly thing was also being proficient with, a with, with a, being an archer, being at least a fairly decent archer too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, well, that's that's a really good point. Um, but they, I mean, they call out like the the horseman's military pick, and so I went mm-hmm. into my uh, into my book here, the glossary of uh, arms from George Cameron Stone, and that that thing is definitely not an honorable weapon. Right. You know, you're on the you're on a horse with this big sort of hammer looking thing. Um, Well, first of all, it wasn't really in Europe. I guess it was uh, a Middle Eastern thing. But, you know, you're on a horse with this big hammer-looking thing that's meant to pull the armor off of your opponent. It's not about getting into hand-to-hand combat. Right, Um, exactly. And I'm just going to pick on one more thing, and that's the two-handed sword.
0: Yeah, I I could see a Cavalier using one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, so so I I saw those Albion swords at Gen Con last year, the ones that uh Dan Carlin really likes. Yeah. Uh they're they're you know, like the the reproductions. Right. And uh the two-handed sword is not some Big long thing that you stand at a distance with. The way they explained it to me, and they were showing me how these were used, is if you were standing on foot and you wanted to take down a mounted knight, it was a good weapon for that because it had sure. a little bit more heft to it. And so they ha- I, I looked it up a little bit. You have things like the Germans' Zweihänder and you know two-hander, and you know they're just they're just swords that are a little bit heavier. There's certainly nothing dishonorable about carrying a big sword.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It, again, talking historically, I mean, yeah, knights used it, used the two-handed sword as well. Yeah. yeah there's so, a few things I do not like because I just don't see how like you're saying with the weapons and also the the uh was it the percentage to mm-hmm. increase those ability scores. Yeah. I I can't see why it's if why just the Cavalier would have that? Why not the fighter or any fighter types be able to increase their scores, too?
1: You yeah, because it says here, oh, well, the Cavalier spends all their time when they're not adventuring, training and getting better. Well, if that's the case, then, all right, my thief wants to train, too. Yeah, he wants to increase his dexterity. Can I do yeah, that? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is where I mean. To me, it starts really breaking some of the core um, mechanics of the game if you can start increasing your ability scores. Um, and, you know, like so many was, things, I was just going to say, like so many things that are Unearthed Arcana, it just feels to me like this was the book where we started slipping away from AD&D and turning into second edition and then third edition and so on. And, you know, just becoming a much different type of play in, in my well, we opinion.
0: all, I mean, I think we all, most of us know now that this book was genera- made to generate revenue for TSR at the time. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, basically it was an everything post-85 onwards to really try to boost their, their revenue because you know they were having a tough time. But Surprisingly, I,
2: people said that Gary wrote this book by listening to what people did in their games.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that.
2: And people wanted optional rules, so he said, all right, well, I need to make money. I need to put food on my table. So yeah. I'm writing the book and make it canon. Boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Use it or don't
0: use it. I think if... If I was going to have uh, cavaliers as a a player character class to be used in a campaign, I would probably rule out the uh, percentage to increase your uh, ability scores Mm -hmm. and rule out some of the weapons that they cannot use like a two-handed sword.
1: Yeah, and maybe you could find a few in there that you'd say, I, I like the idea if you're going to play a cavalier of just saying if it's a dishonorable weapon, they don't use it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if it's something that gives you, you know, that takes you away from the from the uh, immediacy of the battle, or it seems like a coward's weapon, you know, they probably don't use a blow dart or whatever.
0: <laughs> right. But they probably wouldn't I, use crossbows, but
1: I could see yeah, them using bows. Yeah, I mean, that's down to the flavor of your game. Uh, to me, it's a really good NPC class. It, it can add a lot of interest to that, but... When you, I'm I'm not a big fan of adding lots of different classes into a game because it starts getting too complicated. It starts getting too much of a, a power gamer kind of approach. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people have campaigns where they've maybe introduced one or two different classes because it really fits the flavor of their game. Like let's say that you're doing a Middle Eastern campaign and you want to introduce something that's a bit more you know themed to the area. That's fine. But just saying, we're going to have a, you know all these extra classes in there, so the players have more ways to uh, you know to power game. I'm not saying Cavalier is about power gaming, but it's it, it, it really smacks is. of that to me, and so yeah, it kind it, of
0: it could lead down that slippery slope, can it? I I could see that, but I guess you know you just have to have a little faith in the players, and hopefully they won't you know let <laughs> power get to their heads. Oh my god, you know, <laughs> You're right?
1: That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> All right, so let's let's give let, let's take the Cavalier seriously for a moment. Anyways, um, I mean we're saying that we don't like it that much, and we've got various reasons for liking some things better and worse about it. But there's people who are going to use the Cavalier. I mean, unearthed Arcana sure. is an official book, and you know there's no reason that you shouldn't play with any of it if you if you like it. So if you're putting the Cavalier in, uh, Nick, you were saying some of the things that you would actually uh, maybe house rule a little bit differently. Yeah.
0: There's a few things I would exclude, like the uh the the increasing of ability scores with the you know, the percentile. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were saying before, if only a Cavalier can do that, why not other character classes? And also I'd do a little maybe some ruling a little bit better on some of the weapons the Cavalier can use. <clears throat> I would still yeah. stick with the type of armor though. I think that fits in with the class.
1: No, that's fair. I mean I definitely think that they should be role played as kinda arrogant jerks.
0: Well (laughs) (laughs) I just don't see them I see you see them as arrogant jerks. I see them as the the, the quintessential knight in shining armor. That's
1: they're, exactly what I just said.
0: N- yeah. <laughs> Knights are nobles, and they're acting like nobles. But let's take a look That's at a whole, whole t- total misrepresentation of, of a knightly-type uh, character. Let's I um, don't
1: know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what it is? I think part of it's being influenced by the fact that this morning I went out for some Irish breakfast at this bar down the street from here, which I like. And there was a bunch of Wall Street guys in there. I don't know why they were wearing suits and drinking beer at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. But they just... Something about watching them talk and and do all their shtick reminded me so much of... The way that I've heard knights described in historical things. You know, they're yeah, just Those absolutely guys aren't
0: certain- knights you saw. Those are thieves.
1: Well, <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? They're just like. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying these guys worked on Wall Street. I'm saying they were like frat boy Wall Street types, right? Oh, okay. And. They just, you know, there's there's the people who are just so convinced that they're at the top of society, that they have these things that they, ad- that they just are entitled to as a result of that. And that's kind of the way that I view the cavalier types in here. They feel like that to me. Now,
0: some people could play the cavalier class like that. Mm-hmm. But you can also play them as, if you look at their code of conduct they mm-hmm. they you know respect all peers and equals uh, Well, yeah or given ladies. definition
1: of peers and equals
0: yeah um, a defense of any charge unto death right now normally uh, when well, there's the loose code of chivalry that is actually put into here into in the game terms but you know so. Back in the day, you know, knights were not supposed to attack uh, attack peasants. <laughs> yeah, supposed that, to? <laughs> that was under a particular, you know, the the it was either the peace of God or truce of God, and we talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're trying uh, we're, they're trying to put some of that into the game set here with this code of conduct, I guess, and. It is kind of loose how it is interpreted. I guess that's why later on, even it says in the rules under the cavalier, you could have evil cavalier. Hmm. I don't know. I yeah, guess no, it really that's depends true. how you roll.
1: You know, the, if I wanted to role play them differently, you know, and not just turn them into some kind of, uh, you know, arrogant kind of uh, villain from a John Hughes film. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, the one thing is that in that code, the last one in there is death before dishonor. So I guess the other way you could do them is kind of play them like a marine. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I so would I see, see that. I,
0: I would play them just like you know they they're the disp- they're supposed to defend the the helpless, but they have and you know they they are kind of like the marine in a way. You know, death before dishonor. They're they're the hardcore, hard charging yeah. jarhead.
1: So yeah, if you want to if you want to play the the cool version of the Cavalier, I guess think of them as you know the real good guy Marine uh, from your favorite I guess John Wayne film or whatever. There you go. That would be okay. Um, but still, uh, I I do think that there's some things that need to get pulled out. So if if you pull out some of the advancements in uh, dexter of character abilities and those types of things, yes. then. You know, But then, of course, at that point, why not just play a Paladin? What's the difference?
2: <laughs> Man. Well, if we go on our forums, I was looking at that while you guys were talking. You know, pull out Chris L's answer, how to play this class and balance it a little bit better. Okay. He has some ideas. He Great, said let's hear him. Uh, Paladins and Cavaliers cannot raise the ability scores through training, like you, you were complaining about before, Jason. Sure. And uh, cavaliers and Paladins would not level up on the same, I'm sorry, they would level up on the same table as Barbarians, he -hmm. said. He said he might consider halving the value uh, for the Barbarian chart instead of 6,000 at second level, 3,000. And he said no warhorses or lances in his dungeon, but (laughs) (laughs) those are uh, three uh, ideas he had.
1: Yeah, you know it's weird because I actually don't I don't have anywhere near the dislike for the barbarian that I do for some of the uh, barbarians. I'm always kind of dug because it just seems like that's a class that was sort of missing uh, the first yeah. time around for somebody. The only that's, thing I
0: I didn't care about the barbarian is like you know breaking magical items and getting experience points for them. I love it. <laughs>
1: that's great. <laughs>
0: uh, I, you know, everybody in the, the in the
1: party is like,
2: no. Oh, don't touch that. <laughs> I think the Barbarian was based more off, off of uh, Thundar, of anything else.
1: Well, yeah. no. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that in 1970-whatever, well, I guess this was in the 80s, but still, I'm pretty sure that Gary Gygax was not basing anything off of Thundar. Uh, oh, <laughs> except for the in, in the sense that Thundar the Barbarian was based off of Conan, in which case you'd be right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Wow. You know, I, I just on a Thundar note. <laughs> yes. Um, I discovered that there is a large number of people on eBay and elsewhere that sell um, vintage TV guide magazines as a thing, like keep them in good shape. So I went ahead and I bought about a half dozen TV guides from the early 80s because I wanted to try to remember what all the cartoons were and everything. That is one of the best investments that I have made in a long time. I actually sat down and read half a dozen TV guides from 1981 cover to cover. Wow. Okay. It is fun. <laughs> go back and see what the uh, what their cartoons were in the morning and everything. I'd totally forgotten about um, most of those. So anyway, if anybody's looking for a cheap dose of nostalgia, go buy a used TV guide on eBay. It's fun.
2: Well, I know they have a they have a Thunder of the Barbarian uh, supplement for uh, Labyrinth Lord.
0: Yeah, that's pretty for cool. the Mutant Future game. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: I, well, been... it sounds like we kind of moved on from the Cavalier here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, else got yeah. anything? J- uh, Events?
2: Um, I played them, and I've not played them since I was a kid because I know how powerful they are and how munchkinism they are.
0: Yeah, they, it could get away from you, but I think it sounds like we're in agreement that. If you are going to use them as a player character class, there are some tweaks that need to be done. Yeah. So, in a worst case, you know, just have it as an NPC.
2: And I think our forums agree with us by saying it's uh, pretty much all the posts for Cavalier are um, too overpowered, too munchkinism. I think only one person said they loved it, and that was the original poster.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to the voicemails that we get disagreeing violently with us. So, please send them in.
2: Yes. Uh, on a side right. note, Jason, I have a quick thing for you. Yes. Uh, on the Podbeam site where the actual play is, a lot of people put in some good comments in for both of us, but one was directed directly at you from yes. Jeremy. He says, hi, Jason, I'm digging the actual play podcast. I was wondering if the file that shows the flagstone layout in the lava room could be made available to listeners. I'd oh. like to try to work out the puzzle before the next episode. Thanks very much.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know what? Let's. Uh, we'll put it up on this. We'll put it up with this post so that people can grab it from there and try to uh, sort figure out how to get across the flagstones.
2: There you go. Cool. And uh, we'll head into creature feature. Creature. Creature. Feature,
1: feature Theater. Theater.
0: Alright everybody, now we're going to get into Creature Feature Theater, and this week your humble host, DM Nick, is going to be the DM, <laughs> and DM Jason and DM Vince are going to be the players, mm. so um, let's go ahead and introduce the, uh, the characters again to get everybody kind of refresh of what you guys have. <laughs>
2: Um, okay. okay, I am playing um, Grimthar, and he is um, a mixed-up piece of paper with numbers. Oh, wait, no. He's, uh, his AC is nine. His AC is nine. Since, um, he's, made a, um, yeah. since
0: he's made a paper. yeah.
2: Uh, he's a human fighter, and he's gargled up in, I don't know, level six. There it is. Sorry. Okay. I'm looking at Skype notes. There we go. He's really cool. How about that?
1: Okay. There you go. You know, um, just a side note before I introduce Cedric here, since we're talking about character sheets, I discovered something really neat. So I've got to go out to uh, Los Angeles next week because I'm running a workshop, a corporate kind of thing. And, uh so I'm running, I'm going out to run this corporate workshop and I've got to get a lot of executives thinking about like how they um, are going to work with their customers. So we're trying to figure out how they can relate to these customers and sort of build up who the people are. And so I got this idea, you know what, we're going to make character sheets for all of them. So all of the, (laughs) uh, (laughs) so about 30 different biotechnology executives will be making character sheets for people and uh, turning them into people they can relate to. So I'm starting to discover that, uh, Dungeons & Dragons goes very good in the corporate world.
0: Everything I learned in life, I learned from (laughs)
1: D&D. Yep, yep. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, sorry. Got that on the mind. That's cool. So so looking at this character sheet, um, this is Cedric. And he is a... uh, He is... No, he is a half-elf, actually. (laughs) And uh, he is splitting his levels. He's sixth level both as a cleric and a magic user. Yes. Uh, and um this is him.
2: So that make him twelfth level, right? No. Oh whoops, wrong game. No.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. What game what game does that?
0: What is this other game that you speak of I do not know. <laughs> uh third edition, yeah that's it. What's that? Third edition, yeah that's it.
1: Oh see I, I don't even I don't even get that joke because I honestly don't know the rules <laughs> for that game. <laughs>
0: Anyway, go anyway, ahead, let's uh move on. If I remember correctly, uh the last time Cedric and Grimthar were around, they were kind of going through some broken lands area, uh some mm-hmm. rocky hills and and you fought that
1: uh Lucrata. Okay, so we're so kinda here. like South Dakota Badlands right now?
0: Yeah, I guess you could say nice. that. Nice. It's very similar to that. Very similar to the Badlands area. <laughs> Welcome to Den Valley Days. All right. Uh, anywho, so you're going through these, this Broken Lands area, this Badlands, if you will, mm-hmm. and there's there's some several high, rocky hills and what have you, and uh, you're trying to make your way to some sort of civilization. Uh, it's somewhat overcast kinda of day. Very gloomy. We're Very foot, dismal. Man. Yes, and you're on foot, yes, absolutely. Which one? Both of them. Oh okay. <laughs> let's make that easy. <laughs> and um let's see here. I'll make a random roll. Uh, da, da, da. Cedric Yes. Wow. Um you hear uh to your right a, sounds like a bunch of stones uh falling down along the, the hillside and like maybe something scurried off.
1: Stop and turn and listen. What how far away is it? Can I see anything?
0: Um you look you see a couple of these stones fall to the ground where you're at. Uh you look right by me? And, yeah, yeah. It was like, a, like a, a small rock slide, you know, just like uh-huh. a few rocks and pebbles. Okay. And you look up to where you think where the fall started, and you see what appears, you're not quite sure, because it looks like it flew off behind, just over the crest of the hill. Some sort of strange winged creature. It Winged. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um it, you're not quite sure. Is the most bizarre thing you've ever seen because it looked like kind of like an eagle, a very large eagle. Okay. But yet it had, you think it had maybe horns or antlers. But it's gone now. And it, it like flew off over the crest of the hill.
1: So it's gone. So it's gone, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's gone. Yeah.
1: Never mind then. <laughs> oh, Grimthar, I just saw something bizarre, but don't worry, it's gone
0: oh okay in that case let's continue let's keep walking <laughs> as you continue on uh, Grimthar you see up ahead flying in the distance you know, it's like four uh, four of these creatures that look like Cedric's seen, and they're flying up ahead several oh, at least a hundred feet in the air Okay. And from what you can see, they look like um, they're they're look like maybe the head of a deer, but the body is like that of an eagle or a falcon or something. And they're about man-sized creatures. And he, and both of you also hear some strange kind of calls i guess to each to the each of these creatures that they're making kind of a mix of not quite sure what it is like i guess like what elk would make when they're calling out to each other but a little bit more i guess almost human sounding like they're trying to talk mm-hmm. to each other like they're notifying the each other of you know maybe of your presence because they seem to be flying towards you now <laughs> Uh-oh.
2: I think we should ignore this and keep walking.
0: <laughs> They're flying towards us now? They're yes, they are towards flying towards you. There's, like, two of them that looks like that kind of peel off from the other two, and they fly. And it looks like they got their their talons out and their heads down to bear to, like,
1: to ram into you. I reach into my pack, and I pull a small bag and a bit of a candle, and I perform Monster Summoning 1.
0: Okay, excellent. And that takes, you said, three segments to cast?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's a three-segment spell.
0: Okay, not a problem, because it's going to take them um, at least, actually, probably like two combat rounds before they get to you. Okay. So they're Good. quite a ways off. So you actually have, both of you have time to prepare yourselves. So you have Jason, your character. Segret's going to cast Monster summoning. And Vince, what is Grimthar going to do?
2: I'm going to stand defensively and see what they're up to.
0: Okay. So you're going to, like, draw a weapon and just hold your ground?
2: Pull up my shield, get ready to uh, be attacked.
0: Okay. All right. Um, So let me, who's going to roll initiative for you folks? I'll do it. Okay. okay. One. Uh, I rolled a six. So Lois I do it. Lois goes first. So
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. we all do that, yeah.
1: Yeah. We've we've actually we've had people uh oh on, on my uh VU channel with the video, I had somebody ask about well, how come you guys always do that. Yeah, we do that it's a house rule here on the show. Um and yeah. you can go to our website, go to the where the video answers are and you can see more about why that is.
0: Yeah. So um Jason, I yes. got the I got the book out. Why don't you roll me the percentage roll since you're doing okay. the spell?
1: Good. I was actually and... just looking for the book myself. I'm glad you have yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I got it right here. Go ahead, okay. and roll it, and I'll let you know what answer you summon. Okay. That was a lot of dice.
1: It was a whole. Uh, that was the whole bag. Yep. All right. Here we go. Percentile dice. There mm-hmm. must be a little bit of table left somewhere. Huh. Uh, Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Oh
0: wow. Okay. What did I get? A uh, hobgoblin.
1: Yes. Uh, are you? Are, is it all hobgoblins?
0: Yeah, all Hobgoblins. Okay, so, so 2d4
1: to see how many? 2d4. Come on, Hobgoblins. Eight. Oh, my God, it's eight. Wow. I want to photograph of that. Hobgoblins.
0: Photograph, right. photograph. And to make this Oh, I'll easy. photograph it
1: and send it right now. You bet.
0: <laughs> and to make this easy, I will have them... Well, they're going to have maximum hit points. They're one plus one hit dice. Their AC is five. So let's just assume they have... Uh, Maybe uh, what kind of armor? They are wearing chainmail. Chainmail hobgoblins. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AC5, they're going to have chainmail.
1: It's good to be the magic user.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll say they're armed with halberds because it says pole arm 30% chance. That's the nice. best thing that they're going to have. So, yeah, they got chainmail and halberds. Nice. Wow.
2: I see. Jason's been slipping the DM some extra cookies lately. <laughs> <It's->
0: <laughs> Well, he rolled it. That's what he got, Hobgoblins. AC5. They, they got... So you got... And they're one plus one hit dice. Nice. So... They... They... Said, we are here to be yours to command it, oh
1: lord. Uh, stand here and keep me safe. Yes. We keep you safe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
0: All right. Uh, Vincent, there is... Yes, Nicholas? <laughs> Vince <laughs> Grimthar Yes The barbarian kind of guy <laughs> Grimthar the fighter uh, There is one attacking you I um, duck he's...
1: <laughs> Well
0: actually you can No no I don't think
1: they're ducks it. Ducks have like a build These guys are more of a bird
0: No 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 I yeah. <laughs> uh, Why don't you uh, Yeah there's one swooping down You can attack it I can attack it yeah, it's swooping down on you because you won initiative. Okay, Daddy needs a new 20. And you're a 6-level fighter, right? Holy crap, I rolled a 20. <laughs> you cr- Oh, wow, too bad we're not doing crits.
1: Oh, we're going to have to turn this into a where, video where podcast because nobody's going to believe these. What
0: what did you hit with? A natural 20. I know, but what weapon?
2: Uh, it, my sword plus one, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, plus one. Go ahead and roll damage. It looks like it's a bastard sword. So that's 2d8. No, 2d4. And
0: they are immediate creatures. Six. Six points of damage. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, plus four. Ten. Oh, ten points. All right, that makes it easy on the math. Excellent.
1: All they right. Do, and they do extra they damage. You swipe
0: that with it with your sword, and you, like, Cut into its one of its lower talons and nice. cut off a couple of the, of the talons off its feet. And it, and it wails in pain.
2: Nick, just uh, a side note, it does more damage versus regenerating creatures. That's all it says. Okay.
0: Right. Duly known. All right. Um, let's see. So it's their attack, I guess. So- all right. See, Vince, there's one on you, the one that you swiped at. And your armor class is what, Vince? uh, Ogrimthar's armor class? Zero. Armor class zero. Point zero.
2: All right. Mr. Blutowski.
0: And it tries to gore at you with its antlers, and it misses. That's because I ducked. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Jason, there's one trying to get at you. Through the, okay. the line of Hobgoblins? <laughs> Through a line yeah, I mean, go- I,
1: I'm, I'm ducking down between, behind my Hobgoblins for sure. So let's, that uh, might, Let me roll
0: and see uh, what it does. Does it attack the Hobgoblins or does it attack you? It attacks the Hobgoblins. It obviously sees them as a greater threat. There's a so, lot of them. Let's uh-huh. see. Hobgoblins are AC5. And we'll just. Uh, then I'll, I just gave a maximum hit points, so they have nine hit points. Let's see here. And. Oh, hits. He hits one of the go- hobgoblins. It rams through its antlers. Oh, and does kill it. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. Uh, 10 points of damage. How dare it!
1: So one of your hobgoblins is gone. All right, um, I am going to cast Enlarge on one of my other hobgoblins. Okay,
0: all right. You go ahead and um, go ahead and take care of the paperwork on that. Yes. Uh, well, so wop, yeah, wop, wop. you won't have any problem because the one creature that's attacking your hobgoblins, it's not even bothering looking at you. Okay. So you cast Enlarge on one of, them. not a problem. All right. So let's go ahead and roll initiative again. Five, all right. I, I rolled a four. All right. Darn um you. The other two that were flying in the distance, they seem to be coming towards you now as well. So they're going to join with its companions into the fray. Um all right, Grimthar, your AC is zero and he's gonna try to gore at you again with his antlers. I dog hits with an eighteen. Oh, And you are hit for a whopping eight points of damage. Ow. And when it hits you, you can see that the antlers are almost metallic looking, and they pierce through your armor. Hmm. You can see definitely as you as they you're in close combat. You can see that their their heads kind of have like a blue black color, and they uh, their wings are feathered. Um, so very bizarre looking creatures. Um, Cedric, um, you notice the one that is a, that is attacking your hobgoblins. Yes. You saw so, something most startling about this creature is that. Uh-oh. You just, maybe just a glimpse through the clouds, the sunlight comes through, and it starts casting shadows. The one Mm -hmm. that's attacking the hobgoblins, they see its shadow is that of not of the creature, but of a human being. Really? It casts the shadow of a person. Yeah, fascinating. I think I'll continue to try and kill your anyway. You almost think it's an optical illusion, but you're like, what was that? That's weird. Huh. Okay. <laughs> that was weird, wild stuff.
1: <laughs> hmm. I'm going to try and disbelieve the, the, the nature of these creatures. All right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm trying right now. They're
0: still there. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't hear and any it's dice gonna getting going to attack so. another one of your hobgoblins. Okay. And it hits.
1: Damage here. Are any of my goblins getting an attack?
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: (laughs) Well, next round
0: they'll be able to attack, okay? Okay. In this this combat, when it's your turn, they'll be able to attack. Okay. Um, Another one gets another ten points. Another one goes down.
1: Well, well, well.
0: So you got six
1: left. Of which they all sort of stood there and went, hit me, hit me, hit me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's all right. No, 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 no. Just Let's keep going. Let's keep going.
0: Okay. It's all right. It's uh, your attacks right now. Let's go ahead and do the
1: hobgoblins. All right, so six hobgoblin attacks. Yes. Uh, you want me to roll for them? Um, one, two, three, four, five.
0: I, well, if you got the D20s. Sure.
1: Um, okay, go for it. Let me give you the first three so it make it easy. Three at a time. Got a two, a fifteen, and a sixteen. Okay, and I've got a ten, a four, and a nineteen. They all miss. Oh, the nineteen.
0: They all misses. miss. In fact, when you see a couple of the hagads look like they hit, but it's like their weapons just do not pierce the interesting the 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 the, the uh, side of this strange creature.
1: Hmm, okay, that's enough being nice, I would say. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I, try, uh... I tried to give him a chance, but I'm going to fireball him. Okay, <laughs> all right.
0: Boy. Next round, you're going to cast fireball?
1: Yep, yep. Right, well, okay. wait a second. What about this round? Oh, I used oh, to cast right. it's, enlarge. your attacks. I'm sorry, no, no, I, I cast one. enlarge this time, didn't I? Yes, yes did. you did. You so that's that. Yep. Okay, so
0: one of your hobgoblins is enlarged.
1: But even yeah. so, they didn't, it didn't make any difference for us to did
0: hit. It make a difference at all. Okay. Um, Grimthar? Uh, I'm going to attack a creature in front of me. Okay, the same. Okay, very good. Roll the hit.
2: Okay. Come on. 20 again? No, I rolled a five.
0: Uh, and that's all your bonuses to hit? Six. Uh, you missed. Oh. Just missed. You are you're just going to come right down and lob off the end of its nose, and it just backs off on you. It ducked. It, yeah, it, it quacked. <laughs> All right. Next round, it looks like the other two are going to be able to join the, join the battle. So there'll be one. They'll be helping attack the hobgoblins, the ones that are around uh, Cedric. Cedric's okay. hobgoblins. There we go. Cedric's hobgoblins.
1: It's a great and, show.
0: It's uh, on ABC Vincent, this summer. Yes, <laughs> sort of like Tucker's Cobalts.
2: Oh, uh, it's on ABC. They'll be canceling it within two weeks. So don't worry.
0: And the other one will be attacking you, Vincent. Uh, so there'll be two on you.
1: Thank you. Douglas. Can you describe where, where, how many of these, and where they are again, please? There, there were four of them. They were flying in the air ahead of you. Bye. Two of them have engaged with us, and two more are on the way. Yep. Okay. Um. And and how far away are they from each other?
0: Mm, let's let me uh i'll just do it randomly here let's they're about 10 feet away from each other all four of them uh the two that are near you are are spaced like 10 feet apart and wow. the other ones are about 30 feet away from there's 30 there's two groups 30 feet away from each
1: other. okay the other two are the other two are near each other as well just not yeah. near these two. Okay, That's so when correct. I cast my, so when I cast my fireball in the next round, I'm going to engulf the two that are on their way and the hobgoblins. No, 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 no. the two that are on their way. Oh, the right, two that right. are here. The two that are like yes. thirty feet away, but yes. close enough to each other to both take damage from the fireball.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They're flying in close tactical formation.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> not quite, but. Close enough. Kill the weapon. All right, so I think we got to roll initiative, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Ugh. Two. Uh, I rolled a three. Die. Get him, Jason. Right. Get him.
1: All right, here we go. I got I got six hit dice coming at you.
0: So you're get him. Get him. You're fireballing the two that are flying in.
1: Yeah, the two that are a little got further it. away. Here got comes. 66. Alright. Alright, that's uh, 6 plus 10 is 16. 20, 24 points of damage to each one.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I gotta save. Got save versus spells here. Oh, one saved. No. The other one does not.
1: Okay, so 12 and 24.
0: So one takes 12. Ooh, ouch. And the other one just goes up in a gi- <laughs> giant burst of flame and goes ng, ng, crashes into the ground. Nice. <laughs> maybe, well, here's, maybe, an maybe.
1: Maybe. <laughs> here's an interesting typo, by the way. Fireball is listed as not having a material component until you read in there and it says what the material component is. Oops. Oops. <laughs> oh well. But anyways, I use my bat guano and sulfur. Bat guano. Oh, I always keep some with me, don't you?
2: Oh, that explains the stench.
1: (laughs) That's the sulfur.
0: Oh, okay. All right, so definitely torched one. It crashes. The other one is severely singed, lost a lot of its feathers off its wings, but still coming at you. It's not happy. (laughs) Any chance
2: that one that was falling to the ground fell into his companion?
0: No. Damn. Um. All right, so Jason did his. Um, the one that's attacking the Hobgoblins. Go ahead, roll your text from the Hobgoblins.
1: Okay. If, if uh, so let's see. We're, yeah, it's it obviously made a big difference last time. Uh, let me just <laughs> Okay, Two, they all miss. Three. Hey, let me roll. Are they seriously enough that 20s aren't going to hit either? Nope.
2: A natural 20 should hit, don't you
1: think? No. Okay. He, not cannot be hit, he cannot be hit with non-magical weapons, apparently.
0: Ah. Maybe. Maybe.
1: You uh, on may, like, Don't bother rolling. Maybe. <laughs> I know. You should have not it, told him. Could be. <laughs> yeah, I think you missed your uh, uh, clever bit there
0: already. So, one thing to ascertain, yes, it can only be hit by magical weapons. But one's going to... And it missed anyway. Um, okay. And one on... Oh, and... I get to attack. I'm sorry. Vince, your your attack. I'm sorry. Nine. <laughs> Actually, I think that might hit. Really? Yes, you hit. Yay! They got crappy AC. Eight points of damage. What? Plus Eight. four. Twelve. Twelve. Whoa. Okay. Uh yeah, as you take another swipe at this creature, actually cut off one of its legs, and it's flopping on the ground right now. <laughs> but it does try to gore you. What? Uh, as it as it as it goes down, and your AC is zero? Yes, point zero. Zero <laughs> point zero. And it does hit you. Kind of gores you right in the leg for eleven points of damage. Ow. Yeah, and its other buddy is going to be here the next round to attack as well. All right, I think that was that everybody's attacks.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. Let's go the next round here. I'll roll initiative for these creatures. I got a three, four. Ooh, I go first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. As the DM says with glee. Uh, So now there'll be two attacks on you, Vincent. Uh-huh. Big miss of a three. And a big miss of a six. So both missed you. Aha. Jason. Missed both my legs. Uh, um, The one is attacking the hobgoblins. He rolls a ten. And that hits one right on the nose. Exactly. Literally. On the nose, yes. For a lot. <laughs> like 14 points of damage. Yeah. And the other one that flies in attacks you. Okay. At- hmm. Because he saw you with that fireball, and he doesn't yep. like you. Nope. And I roll the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he drops an antler. <laughs> If I was doing fumbles, he dropped an antler. Nice. <laughs> Alright, your guys attacks.
2: I'll just roll for mine.
0: Okay. Eight. To hit. Total. It. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Actually you hit it right on the nose. That's exactly what you needed. Five plus four, nine. As you take your final swing, you get it right in the throat, and it just lets out this blood curdling scream, and falls to the ground, and, and it's dead. Oh, sucker!
1: <laughs> All right. So we got the one left, right? There's two left. Wait. Oh, right, left. because one of them was coming in. Yeah,
0: yeah, that one that's mad at you. It killed its. It killed its body. You know. You say he killed Fritz.
1: And he killed Fritz. So help me. Help me understand which which ones are up still
0: uh one that took massive fireball damage and the other one that was attacking the uh hob goblins
1: but the one that took massive fireball damage is the one that's attacking me
0: yes because he okay. saw you fireball his buddy okay that makes more sense i get that um uh, obviously they're quite intelligent creatures they're not dummies
1: Smart enough to know who threw the fireball at them. Exactly. (laughs) Smart enough at least to know that. (laughs) All right. All right. I am going to be casting invisibility on myself this round.
0: Okay. Uh, Vince, uh, is Grimthar going to be doing anything uh, different this round, still pressing the attack?
2: He's going to be holding on to Cedric's arm so he goes invisible too.
1: Uh, does it work like that?
2: No, it doesn't. I want to see if you let me.
1: No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, that's Tell,
0: teleportation, that's that maybe. <laughs> if you had mass invisibility spell, yes. But <laughs> I was going to see if you let that one slide. I, I defend myself and attack. Okay. Alrighty, uh, let's go ahead and roll that initiative again. Okay. Yeah. Four. Three. Oh! Nice. All right. Nice. You guys go first.
2: Uh, okay, I'll attack. Ooh, natural twenty. Woo!
0: All right, roll your damage. So that's three,
2: and that's two five plus four is
0: nine. And if it was all
2: right, double you, to
0: be eighteen. You 18. run over. Grimthar runs over to one that was attacking the hobgoblins, and he just cuts off the top of its head with antlers. That's right. Him. You and show it. Falls to the ground. Eyes. You show it who is the boss. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. (laughs) And um, Cedric uh, goes poof, disappears. Yep. Chicken. (laughs) I guess it's the last one's attack, and I'm going to see what it's going to do here, since its opponent has disappeared. Um.
2: It's going to be smart and attack its last known position.
1: Where well, I will not be.
0: <laughs> exactly. It, it turns and tries to gore at one of the hobgoblins that is nearest to it. It hits it. I roll the 17. Oh, man.
1: I feel bad for these guys. Uh, they're
0: cannon fodder. Or 10 points of damage. That's the wrong approach. They have feelings too, Nick.
1: Not anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: They're not cute little kittens, okay? <laughs> the he didn't maybe. summon two d eight, two d four kittens, did he?
1: <laughs> yeah. Next time it's it's lolcat summoning.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another one gets gored through the chest and it's flung off to the side. So that's its one attack. So last round, I probably uh, let's go ahead and roll initiative. I got well, the last
1: round is going to be getting a a. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A lightning bolt.
0: Yikes. Oh, you're light this thing. I got a six. Well, I roll the. F-
2: okay, so then you go first.
0: Yes, I'm going to see what it's, it's going to do now. Well, it goes after an up and. And it missed. Oh, well. <laughs> so hard. Right. 66
1: yeah. for a lightning bolt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Three plus two is five. Plus five is ten. Plus one, two, plus eighteen. That's Ah. twenty. That's twenty-eight points of damage from a lightning bolt.
0: All right. It doesn't even matter if I save for half. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you turn this thing into Kentucky fried chicken. (laughs) Awesome! Dinner. (laughs) Yeah. And it it falls to the ground. It's just like. It's it's like a. Are any hobgoblins still alive? Yeah, I think there's only. You think there's like four left?
1: Okay. I'm going to release my invisibility and come over to them and say, guys, dinner.
0: Ew. (laughs) They're hobgoblins! Um they're like um okay i like i only eat dark meat though there we yeah. go <laughs> all right now can any of you guess what this creature is a duck. bird <laughs> a duck bird okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you a hint it's uh the regular monster manual uh-huh um
1: so you're the you know, one. it's only Nick, you're man. the one that's always going, ooh, "Ooh, I know what this is. We're useless."
0: Yeah, really. Okay, this it's on page 78 of the monster manual. The okay, pariton.
1: but we ha- Oh, the most ridiculous the paraiten. I think it's okay. How it's pronounced. Well, paraiten or paraiten or Peritone either yeah. way, we killed them. And so. yes,
0: we will talk about them next week. Yes, we Absolutely. will. In fact, I found an ecology article that was in Dragon Magazine, and I'll use that. Oh, right. awesome. So, very awesome. interesting stuff about this creature. So, people were saying, hey, welcome, you're always using the fiend folio. I'm like, okay, let's go back to the old monster manual and see what we got there. And I picked the pruriton. So, Excellent. We'll talk about it next time. Same so, bat
2: channel, same bat station. That's going to wrap up the show this week. So we're probably going to be heading out. Any uh, last-minute thoughts, guys, for people out there?
1: Uh, Keep sending in voicemails. I'm looking forward to next week's show uh, with Larry Elmore as our guest.
2: Yeah. Yes, if you have any questions, 570-865-4210. And what is that, Nick? The RFI...
1: Got an email? I'm not answering that question. Oh. RFI staff at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. I should remember um,
2: that, huh? Or RFI staff. Yeah, so, does RFI staff.com go to RFI now?
1: No, I don't think I actually oh, okay. bought that domain. Um, I, I, I think maybe we can get our uh, wonderful moderator last to start a forum uh, topic asking what people would like to ask Larry Elmore.
0: Yes, that would be great. Q and A so for last, Larry O'More.
1: Yep. Last, I know you're listening. Um, please, could you start a forum topic, uh, finding out what people want to ask Larry O'More?
0: Definitely, that would be cool. Otherwise, we're just going to also the spotlight. like to hear from people. Like, what do they got? If they have like special gaming plans over the holidays, you know? Yeah, I know. I know my group. What we do, will we we usually have a pretty cool special gaming session over the holidays. We usually actually not even do like regular role playing stuff. We actually do like a board game night over the holidays. We'll pick something to play like zombies or something like that. a uh, great space race or something. So yeah, I'd like to hear what anybody has like special holiday plans for gaming.
1: Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Okay, this this is um maybe it's too late right now, but wouldn't it be cool if we could have a secret Santa for our listeners? Uh-huh. No, I mean, let's see. We've we've got what what do we got? We got a couple of weeks until Christmas. Maybe there's time to get people to, to join a Secret Santa group. What do you guys think of that?
0: Uh, that mm. might be a little too Cut late. a little close, buddy. Too late. Oh yeah. heck! But that's right. really well, cool. When you mention that, though, because uh, remember that I told you about that one podcast about Call of Cthulhu. dot Com. hmm They do a secret shogoth. <laughs> so, Secret Santa. is the secret awesome. shogoth.
1: So that's awesome. Well, you know what? I'd like to hear from people saying what they'd like for Christmas anyway. Let's uh call in and let us know either what you want for Christmas that's D&D related or what you're giving somebody else. And we'll uh that would be cool. maybe if if people can call in just, you know, make it a short one so we can play a whole bunch of them, that would be really cool.
2: Yeah, bumpers things like that, you know, something we could play on the Christmas show.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. You know, if anybody ever wants to call in, we play little bumpers sometimes that say, you know, this is so-and-so and and you're listening to the uh, Roll for Initiative podcast. So if anybody calls in and just says, this is, you know, DM Who's It or whatever, and you're listening to Roll for Initiative or I listen to Roll for Initiative, uh, we'll we'll make it part of our show. Yeah, and keep it clean, though. (laughs) Well, then we won't make it part of our show if we don't. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All
2: right. Uh, Keep it original, keep it old school, and let's get out of here.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone. Roll for initiative.